everyone. Welcome back. Before we get into the stories, I need to give a warning for the final story in this video for assault and attempted sexual assault. In case any of you want to skip that one, I'll have it labeled in the timestamps. And if you have your own holiday story, it's not too late to send it in. And if I get more before the end of December, I'll do more. You can send that at southerncannibal.com, along with any other type of story. With all that out of the way, let's go ahead and get started. And remember, to always, stay hungry. This happened on November 26th of this year, so just a few days ago. It was the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Because of the holiday, I had made the hour and a half drive down to stay with my parents over the holiday and the weekend for some overdue family time. We had a great holiday, and we spent Friday Black Friday shopping. We spent Saturday playing Monopoly and watching movies, and then all day Sunday relaxing at home. When Sunday night rolled around, I had an itch to get out of the house. Living an hour and a half away, I usually have to run my errands by myself, so I thought a little run to the store would be nice. My dad said he didn't want to go, and my mom was hesitant, but ultimately decided she would go if we could go to a couple of stores that she wanted to go to, too. We went to our first two stores without issue. Quick backstory, though. Things in my hometown where my parents live have recently gotten pretty bad. A shooting and a stabbing along with a string of robberies had broken out in the couple of weeks before this. My mom and I were paying pretty close attention at our first two stores, but apparently not as much as we should have been. When I pulled up outside the third store, I parked in the front row with my car facing the doors. I vividly remember that there was no one else parked in this row but me. We walked in and started browsing, starting at the Christmas section and making our way to the back of the store in an upside-down U-shape. Once we made it to the other side of the store, I told my mom I was going to go look for a snack at the front of the store, and I then wandered off alone. I browsed for maybe about five minutes before returning to my mom, who was right where I'd left her. Right as I get to her, though, two things happen almost simultaneously. Management calls a security check over the intercom for the section my mom and I are standing in. A tall, skinny man rounds the corner, and upon making eye contact with me, darts halfway down the women's shoe aisle behind where my mom and I are standing. Immediately, I get bad vibes from this guy. He's singing loudly, banging on shelves, and stealing quick glances at me. Coupled with the security check, I've got alarms totally going off in my head. I immediately tell my mom in a whisper that I don't like this guy and we should move. She agrees. As we start to walk away down this side aisle we're on, the man walks out of the women's shoe aisle to follow behind us. My mom directs me to cut down the next aisle and make my way to the one aisle over to the main aisle. When we reach the end of the aisle we cut down, we see two employees and a large man who also turned out to be an employee as well and they're looking at us like a deer in the headlights. My mom overhears the workers then whisper, there they are. Now under the impression that they've taken us for shoplifters, 
We begin to make our way to the front of the store to check out the few items that we have. These employees all follow closely behind us, but my mom and I are still so confused and getting nervous. When we get to the register, one of the employees comes over to check us out, but we overhear the other two talking about the man and still glancing over at us. We ask if they're talking about the same man that we had seen from earlier, and they confirmed they were. We told them about his behavior, that he seemed high on drugs and was acting odd. The male employee then tells us that he had asked him repeatedly if they sold guns or ammo. They continue talking, and it eventually becomes clear that they've lost track of him, but that he is still in the store. As they scan the store from the front, the male employee then says, Hey, there he is! As I turn around to see where the man is, he slams his hand down on the shelf right behind me at the checkout. He's standing less than two feet behind me, and while he's got eyes on me, I'm avoiding eye contact. He sidesteps me and stands right beside me, despite the only other available register being at least 10 feet away. While he's checking out, he keeps walking around the end of the counter, and he starts asking if they have laser attachments for guns. For some context, we're in a well-known bargain store that primarily sells clothes, furniture, and home decor. This is not somewhere you'd go if you were looking to purchase a gun or anything like that. He's continuing to glance at me, and I'm pretending not to notice, suddenly very aware that I'm his target here. To pay for a small purchase of a hat, he pulls out a large wad of cash, pays for his purchase, and then walks out to his car. Immediately, my mom and I ask for an escort out to my car, which the male employee agrees to. He steps into the lobby area and checks the parking lot. As we walk out shortly behind him, I point out my car, but now there's another car parked two spots away in the same row as me. It's a dark-colored older model SUV. The man has walked out to his car and is now standing outside of it with the door open, watching the store and talking to someone in the passenger seat. My mom and I are ushered back inside along with all of the employees and other customers. The manager locked the doors and then called the police, then got everyone inside away from the windows. When the police finally arrived, the man had peeled off. The cops talked to the manager for a rundown of what happened and told her to call back if he returned. What we realized later is that we think that he may have just moved his car whenever he felt someone was suspicious of him, and then he returned afterwards to case the store again. Ultimately, the manager sent two young female cashiers home for the night for their safety. During this time, I had called my dad, who insisted on coming over to the store to follow me and my mom home. In the meantime, we had sat on one of the for sale couches in the back of the store and just talked to the employees. This is when we found out the scariest part of this whole story. Apparently, this man had been following me and my mom so closely and for so long that the employees originally thought that he arrived with us. That is, until they realized that we weren't paying him any attention. As soon as they realized we weren't together and that this man was following us is when they called the security check on our section. The deer-in-the-headlights look they gave us when they found us was because they knew that we were possibly in real danger and that this man did not have good intentions. 
My mom and I then began to wonder if the man had followed us from the previous store. This immediately sent shivers down my spine, and I've never in my life felt this much like prey. Thankfully, the story ends with me being at home with heightened anxiety about going anywhere after dark, and a phone call to the store's management, thanking all their employees for saving me and my mom for what really could have been a much worse fate. Like I said, my dad ended up driving over to follow us home, but the last few nights, I've really been haunted by the what-ifs. What if the employees hadn't noticed something was wrong? What if I had gone shopping alone that night, like I have so many other times before? What if I'd walked out to my car without ever knowing I was being followed? I'm a guy, and this happened when I was 15. I was at home by myself since my parents were out of town for the weekend. It was during Christmas break, so I didn't have school then. I was in my house already dressed for bed. Well, at about one in the morning, I was sitting in the living room with a window open, and I saw two guys two houses over. I had actually heard them say loudly that they're going to break into the house they were at, and then the other two to their right, with my own house being one of them. I freaked out, so I closed the window, got on my jacket and shoes, and then I got out of the house for safety's sake. I didn't put on my pants because I didn't want to waste time. I know it might sound weird or possibly even fake, but it's seriously not. I actually left my house in just my jacket, shoes, and underwear. When I got outside, I got on my bike, and I biked down the sidewalk for what felt like hours. Thankfully, I had my phone in my jacket pocket, so I could see on Google Maps where I was going. I was biking for about a mile and a half when I arrived at the police station. There was a cop outside the front door. I then approached him and I explained everything to him. He told me it'd be okay and that he'd give me a ride back home. He led me to his patrol car and I put my bike in the back and buckled myself in. My legs had felt like popsicles, getting that I didn't have any pants on. The cop drove me home and there were the same two guys about to go into my house. The cop got out of the car just in time, telling the guys to freeze. No pun intended. I grabbed my bike and got out of the car just as he was arresting the two guys. I put my bike in the garage, and the officer put the guys in his patrol car. I thanked the officer for not only taking care of the guys, but for bringing me home too. When I went back in the house, I took off my jacket and shoes and went to bed 100% relieved now. I slept like a baby then. Then on Monday when my parents came home, I didn't even tell them what happened because I didn't want to worry them. Plus, they also probably wouldn't even let me stay home alone again. Like I mentioned earlier, I can honestly understand if it might sound fake or weird, but this had actually happened to me. To this day, I still make sure the house is secure at night before going to bed or if I leave for any reason at all. It was a pretty scary thing to have happened. For some context, I'm a guy, and this happened when I was 19. I was at my house with my roommate Victor, and we had just got done decorating the house with all sorts of Christmas decor. 
and we decided to go to Target to do some Christmas shopping since they had some stuff on sale. After we were done shopping, we drove back to our house and we decided to worry about the stuff we bought until later, and we decided to just relax for a bit. Anyway, it was almost 10 p.m. when we then heard footsteps outside on the patio, then knocking at the door. There was no way either one of us were answering it at this hour. I then checked my phone on the doorbell camera that I have hooked up to my phone, and I kid you not, I saw a guy standing there wearing a Santa Claus outfit. I also saw something tucked into his pants. Then I recognized it. It was a gun. Victor saw it too, and we both went into my bedroom and then locked the door as quietly as possible. The lights were already off when we got in. Then the guy at the door pulled out the gun and then said something like, I've got a special gift for whoever's in there. Please let me in. We then both went into my closet and locked the door, and then Victor called the police. That's when the guy in the Santa suit then said, I said let me the fuck in or the door gets busted down. I'm not fucking playing around here. The police then finally arrived, and the guy was taken away and arrested. We both went to go explain to the police about the situation. After we explained everything to the police, they left. We were just so relieved that the guy was taken away, and we were really lucky that neither one of us answered the door. It thankfully never happened again after that night. Never, and I repeat, never answer the door for anyone at night unless it's someone you know. I'm a 23-year-old Canadian woman, and the story took place in the countryside of Quebec province. It happened to us during Christmas of last year. Last year, my boyfriend Zach and I thought it would be a great idea to stay at an Airbnb for the Christmas holidays. It was our first time using Airbnb, and after what happened to us, there will be no other time. We found a cute secluded cottage house in the countryside, an Airbnb for an absurdly cheap price, which probably should have been the first red flag. But it was our first time trying out an Airbnb, so we didn't pick up on it until it was way too late. My boyfriend arranged for us to stay there on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. We genuinely thought the host was really nice and welcoming. Fast forward to Christmas Eve, and we'd packed our things and Zag drove us to the Airbnb. When we arrived to our destination, we noticed that there was not one, but three identical cottage houses next to each other. We found that a little odd since we were literally in the middle of nowhere with no neighbors for miles, but three houses in a row. It was getting dark and I was cold, so we just brushed it off thinking the host probably had multiple Airbnbs. We made our way to the Airbnb and there was a number padlock on the front door, which we expected. The host had sent my boyfriend the code earlier that day. What we didn't expect was that the padlock was not budging after entering the code that we were given. For a moment, we thought that maybe we had entered it wrong by accident, but after checking the code again and trying the padlock several times without any luck, panic really started to set in. Zach was annoyed and tried calling for the host, who didn't pick up. Zach told me to wait in the car while he went to check around to see if he could find a different padlock, thinking that we might have gotten the wrong Airbnb. 
It didn't sound outlandish since there were two other identical houses right next to this one. Unfortunately, none of the padlocks matched the code that we were given. Seriously? We were about to give up and just leave when my boyfriend received a message on his phone from the host. Oh, sorry. I gave you the wrong code. Here it is. We were finally able to go in the Airbnb, and it was super cute. But our high spirits had been slightly crushed from spending an hour out in the freezing cold trying the different codes because of our host. It was already nighttime by then, so after unpacking, we decided to get some sleep, hoping for the next day to be a much better one. I woke up on high alert in the middle of the night, Zach still sleeping soundly next to me. Maybe the unfamiliar environment around me had woken me up, I thought. I got up and I was heading downstairs to the bathroom to go pee, when a noise coming from the front door stopped me dead in my tracks. I was midway down the stairs when I heard the front doorknob turning. What the hell? I was frozen in place staring at the front door, expecting someone to barge in at any moment. But they didn't. Whoever was at the door was turning the doorknob over and over, but it was locked. Dread filled me as I realized there would be no reason for anyone to be here trying the doorknob of the secluded house in the middle of the countryside at 2am. I tiptoed back to the room and shook Zack awake. He was a bit grumpy to be woken up like this, but as soon as he noticed how frightened I seemed, he became seriously concerned. I told him that someone was at the door trying to get in. Confused, he got up, went downstairs and grabbed a knife from the kitchen then made his way to one of the front windows. He moved the curtains just enough to look outside. There was nothing there. I thought that maybe I just imagined it, and we went back to bed. But I was really confused. I was certain of what happened, and I still wasn't sure that no one was out there. But after a while, I just fell back to sleep again. Morning came, and after spending some more time in bed... My boyfriend and I made our way downstairs to go make some breakfast. We had bought some pancake mix, as well as some fruits and syrups for the special occasion. Well, when we got down there, we found all of our shit was gone. Like, literally. The food and everything we left downstairs before going to sleep, it was all gone. The worst part? Even the Christmas presents that we'd gotten for each other were gone too. There were no signs of a break-in either. This was the worst Christmas ever. The Airbnb host maintained that he had nothing to do with what happened that night. We reported what happened to us to Airbnb support, and we did get a refund. But since we couldn't prove it was the host who stole our stuff, he was never held responsible by the company. Zach also filed a police report, but was never contacted about this again so we assume the police didn't find anything about what happened. Zach and I have agreed to never go to an Airbnb ever again, especially not for the holidays. As it is now December and in the spirit of giving, I thought I'd share a story with you after being a long-time listener. This incident took place the week right before Christmas. I'm a female and I was 19 living with my parents in a nice part of town. It was a Sunday night 
and I was coming home from a little get-together. It was a house party, but nothing crazy. It was part of my work night out. My boss didn't want us out clubbing and arranged for us to have some drinks at her house instead, and we played silly festive games and had really stuffed our faces with food. Now, it was very dark outside, and we had some moderate snow. My house was only a 15-minute walk away, and it was 8.45 p.m. I felt very safe doing this walk, and hindsight is 20-20. I wasn't drunk, and I had texted my mom to let her know I was on my way home. She didn't have an issue with me going out. I just texted her so she knew I was walking alone. There was an area with crappy street lights, and this part of the walk involved me walking up a decent amount of stairs, like 30-ish. I was wrapped up warm due to the snow. I had a long coat on, scarf, and a hat, and some fingerless gloves and thick leggings and boots. I wasn't showing skin at all, which is relevant to what happened next. As I was walking, I had that horrible feeling you get when you know someone's watching you. A sense of dread flowed through me, and when I turned around, I saw a man was behind me. I tried to ignore him, but I felt nervous. He was tall, and I couldn't make out his face at this point. He eventually caught up to me, and I expected him to just walk ahead. But instead, he fell into step with me. He said hey to me, but I decided to ignore him and just focus on getting up the steps and then going home. After these steps, it was only like seven minutes to my house. As I started walking up the steps, the man repeated himself, and I continued to ignore him. I sped up, but he did too, and he said hey yet again, this time more aggressively. When I ignored this too, he then stopped and said, Why are you ignoring me? I had a horrible feeling, and I felt so vulnerable. I could now see that he was white with dark hair, and he was wearing a dark jacket and trousers. I didn't want to look at him, and I just kept focusing on walking. The snow brightened the steps immensely, but it was still so dark. When I'd gotten up a few steps, I suddenly stumbled because I was panicking, and I'd felt the man grab me. He wrapped his arms around my waist, and then said, Careful, baby! I felt sick, and I tried to shrug him off, but he was stronger than me. My heart was thundering in my chest, and I felt him move with me. He shoved me really hard towards the concrete wall. The steps didn't have any railings, and I could feel his face rubbing against me. He was trying to move my scarf with his mouth or something, but he couldn't. He then started whispering, Fuck! Right under his breath, because he couldn't expose my neck. So he sort of pushed his legs so he was holding me in place. He then used one hand to rip my scarf off my neck, before burying his face into my neck. I was petrified, and I kept trying to shove him away from me, but I couldn't. I felt so weak and panicked, I couldn't breathe. I began shouting at him to get off of me, but the more I struggled, the harder he pushed himself against me. I started crying because I felt so angry that I couldn't get free. He told me to just relax, and he started making gross comments about my body. I then spat on him because I didn't know what else to do at this point but this only made him angry. He kneed me in the crotch and then slapped me across the face, 
then grabbing my chin and telling me I was a dick tease and to stop playing hard to get. I was terrified because I knew what he had planned to do and I felt like I was going to die. I started begging him to just let me go, promising that I wouldn't tell anyone, but he wouldn't listen. He unzipped his pants and grabbed my hand. I felt like I was about to throw up, but I also felt like I was floating away from the entire situation. I don't know how long it lasted, but as if by the grace of God, I suddenly heard yells coming from the top of the stairs. I could hear someone yell, Hey, what the fuck do you think you're doing? And the man suddenly let go of my hand, unpinned me from the wall, and took off running. I remember just crumbling to the ground with the hand he had been holding far from my body. I tried wiping it on the ground because I could feel him on me, and it made me feel so disgusting. I just sobbed as I then heard footsteps approaching me. I was aware of people asking me if I was alright, but I couldn't answer. I just wanted to go home and shower for an eternity. I felt vile and embarrassed. It turned out that this couple had been walking along the road and had heard me crying and saying no. They had followed the sounds and they knew something bad was happening. I remember continuing to say no when he made me touch him, but I didn't realize how loud I was being because I was so gone from the situation in my mind. My scarf was on the ground next to me, but I couldn't bear to pick it up. He had unbuttoned my coat at some point too, and I just felt broken. The man and woman who found me kept trying to keep me calm, but I was inconsolable. I felt so ashamed and disgusting. I felt stupid for walking home. I felt like I'd asked for it for simply just walking outside. I didn't even do anything you could say was flirtatious, but even if I had, I didn't deserve what happened to me. The police were called, and I had to be seen at the hospital. My parents were called as well, and I was so ashamed to face them, especially my dad. I felt like I was dirty and tainted now, and that they wouldn't be able to look at me anymore. As soon as they were allowed to see me, my dad rushed in with my mom. They both hugged me, and my dad actually started crying when he saw my bruised up face, which was a shock to me. My dad is a very macho, strong dude, so seeing him teary-eyed only made me cry. The police assured us that they would do everything possible to find the man who attacked me. I went home, and I spent a whole week in a daze. Christmas wasn't the best. I really felt numb after that whole ordeal, and I kept blaming myself for what happened. I went through every single what-if in my mind for hours on end. I actually quit my job because of something a coworker said to me. I felt like I could never face them, but my mom told me I had nothing to feel ashamed of and that no one would judge me for what happened. Well, when I went back to work after Christmas, one of the older ladies told me that I had to snap out of this daze that I was apparently in. Her exact words to me were, Hey, at least you weren't raped. Whatever happened couldn't have been that bad. Once she said that, it was like all this pent-up rage spilled right out of me. I then screamed at her that she was a total fucking idiot and walked out of the store. I never went back. Having some gross man pin me against a wall, grope and kiss me all over and force me to do anything with them was horrific. That night was the worst night of my life. Nothing will ever compare to it. 
If that couple hadn't been passing by, if they hadn't intervened, he would have raped me, and for all I know, he would have killed me afterwards. I just couldn't believe her audacity. My crime was walking outside, with only the flesh on my fucking face showing. He first saw me from behind, though, so technically he didn't even see my skin and he still targeted me. It doesn't matter what you wear. You should be able to walk at night without freaks attacking you. It's taken a long time, but I finally feel like I can enjoy Christmas. With the support of my family and best friend, Christmas is no longer just a painful reminder of what happened to me. I do still struggle with nightmares, especially at this time of the year, but I have coping mechanisms. Sadly, the man who attacked me that night was never caught. My parents and I moved from that area because it was just too painful for me to stay there. It upset them too whenever they were near the place that the attack happened at. I'm 27 years old now, and honestly, it does still haunt me that he's out there. Part of me really hopes that one day he'll be caught, but part of me dreads it because it'll mean he'll have done the same thing to someone else, and I'm not even sure if I can handle the thought of that. My message to anyone listening is to always remember that it isn't your fault if a predator targets you. You didn't ask for it, no matter what. I live in a lovely suburb now with my fiancé and our dogs. I finally feel safe for the very first time in a long time. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night, everyone. And remember, to always...